0: On today's 51%, we visit the Akwesasne Nation near the US-Canada border to learn about indigenous women.
1: It's pretty much an indigenous genocide that occurred here on these lands, but people don't know that happened because
0: it's been censored. I'm Jackie Orchard and this is 51%. Driving north from Albany, New York to the U.S.-Canada border, I almost don't notice crossing over into the Akwesasne nation. The only indicator in this rural town is a red and purple sign that says, Akwesasne, land where the partridge drums. Just as I turn my head to get a longer look, a new sign catches my eye. Three indigenous women with red paint on their faces. On their arms in black paint, stop the violence. Break the silence, the billboard says, with a phone number. I turn onto a gravel road and pass through a community of small houses. The gravel ends at a beautiful log home with farm equipment and a pristine yurt behind it. Just past a raised bed garden, rolling farm fields stretch out as far as I can see and meet a lush woodline. The air in this place, so close to the Adirondack Mountains, is crisp and clean, It reminds me of when I lived in Alaska. I park out of the way of incoming tractors and am immediately licked to death by the friendliest dog I've ever met, as a woman greets me. Mama Bear has welcomed me to the Akwesasne Nation, which straddles Ontario and Quebec, to learn about indigenous women. The U.S. government recognizes this land as the St. Regis Mohawk Reservation. Mama Bear recognizes it as the land where women hold power. My saltwater name is Louise, my father's last
1: name is MacDonald, and my husband's last name is Hearn. As part of the decolonization process and the, the patriarchy, um, I leave that out. So I prefer to be called Wat Gilagutste, and uh, for
0: those that can have a hard time saying it, uh, you can call me Mama Bear. What Gelagatste says she is third-generation bear clan and is the bear clan mother. She has six children and soon to be 15 grandchildren. Wat Gelagatste says tribes were created at a time when her people were warring with one another and needed a division of power. She says a man named the Great Thinker created the clans.
1: He threw a vine across the river and asked the women uh, to cross, and as they were crossing, the vine broke. And half of the group was on the other side of the river. And the other half remained on the shore that they were moving from.
0: She says the great thinker told the women to go to the river at daybreak and report back what they saw. One woman would say, well, when I got to the
1: river to take a drink, I seen a wolf. Another one reported she seen a turtle. The other one said
0: she seen a bear. The other one said she seen a deer. And so on and so on. What gelagatste says, they don't use the word clan. Instead, It would mean, where is your earth? What earth do you come
1: from? Um, which means, what is the landscape like? Or what is the land like where you come, you know, where you live? And so that you either refer to it as the mountains, the valley, or the fields. So all of us, we have um, high reverence for earth. Land,
0: water, air, sky. What Gela Gutte says, the religion reveres women. She tells me about the sky woman, whose daughter gave birth to two male twins, one of whom is the creator.
1: But even he, even though he could be referred to as a god, is still accountable and responsible to the original mother, which is our sky woman.
0: What Gaila says, she speaks at high schools and universities, and when she explains the reverence for women in her culture, she says white women often ask her how they can fight the inherent oppression of a male-dominated society.
1: And I said, first of all, stop taking your husband's last name. Stop taking your father's last name. But we're in such a system, we're so wired to take pride in that. It's about possession. We are a possession of man and will continue to be as long as we adhere to those paternal rules. And moving forward, you know, my message to all young women is you don't have to stand in anybody's light in order to shine. You're your own luminous light. The moon doesn't stand in the light of the
0: sun. She's her own light. What Gala says, when a man called the Peacemaker came along, he cemented the matriarchal structure within tribes.
1: And so in his own brilliance, recognized that this old system of women, head women and structure founded in a matriline, uh, matrifocal community, he's seen the brilliance of that. And he didn't erase it and he didn't dismiss it. He espoused it by saying that the the male leadership will rise from the uterine voice that puts it in place. So men become our leaders or our chiefs um, when women say they can be. Oh, I like that. Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> and she has the right of nomination. She has the right of recall,
0: which means if our leader acts up, uh chief acts up, she has the right to remove him and replace him. What Gutste says the women are the foundation of their society and the men are the walls and the roof.
1: So their leadership can't exist unless the women are in balance, unless they're holding them up.
0: What Gutste says her people have been tested by colonization, government termination policies, and residential schools.
1: They hacked at our roots and um, there was a revival in the Beginning in the 1930s to the 40s to the 50s to 1960 when my grandmother uh, returned from Shinawak Residential School in Sault Ste. Marie in Northern Ontario, she was taken away at the age of six and she didn't return here till she was 17.
0: Residential schools were set up by the Canadian government and Christian churches to educate Indigenous children, but also to indoctrinate them into Euro-Canadian and Christian ways of living. The residential school system operated from the 1880s into the late 20th century. As a matter of fact, just this week news came out of
1: 215 mass grave was uncovered at a residential school of Native children. Um, being murdered at a residential school at the hands of the government and the church so when I talk about our nation being great our greatness has been tested but we still exist and that's the resilience to have the ability to withstand something so horrific It's pretty much an indigenous genocide that occurred here on these lands, but
0: people don't know that happened because it's been censored. Chief Roseanne Kazmier announced the discovery after ground-penetrating radar confirmed the remains of the children who were students of the Kamloops Indian Residential School. The school in the southern interior of British Columbia was one of the largest in Canada and operated from the late 19th century to the late 1970s. It was run by the Catholic Church until the federal government took it over in the 1960s. According to the U.S. Census, more than 5.2 million American Indian and Alaska Native people live in America, and there are 573 federally recognized Indian nations across the country. What Gutste says there were 50 original chief titles and 49 original clan mothers in the United States. She says in the Akwesasne Nation, there are supposed to be nine clan mothers and they have five seats filled. So there are some vacant titles. But she says it's a process to raise a young woman up to that position.
1: And um, when my mother died at her 10-day feast, my sisters decided to give me her wampum strands, which is her uh, strands of authority and I held on to it for about nine years when I finally created a nomination uh, and put up a chief. So, ever since then, and I think I'm now 15, 16 years into being a condoled clan mother for the Bear Clan under the title name of Dehana Galena, which means he drags his antlers, and his portfolio is to look over the lands and to to be awoke to impending danger. What Gayla says her people believe in karmic debt. We're living in a pandemic. We never thought or imagined that such a thing could happen to us. But Mother Nature, you, you can't take her for granted. You cannot take women for granted and dismiss them and think that there's not gonna be some kind of retribution. That's Mother Nature giving it back to us and we've been humbled. And we'll continue to be humbled until we learn our lesson, lessons. We can't be frivolous and we can't be um, wasteful. So part of that karmic debt is now we witness before the eyes of the world an insurrection on January 6th. And, and not that I found some kind of glory in that but as an indigenous person sitting back watching white people beat up white people their own government you know that was prophesied it was going to happen capitalism is falling you know and the democracy of the united states is failing because it centers around dead white men and it centers around the united states constitution only advances white, land-owning men. It left out its own women, it left out people of color, you know, so, you know, every day we hear of racism and every day we, we hear about the hate and every day we hear about supremacy. That's the illness.
0: what Gaila Gutsday says when the indigenous people of Turtle Island, North America, first met Europeans, they made an agreement.
1: We allowed the first wave of white settlers to stay. We helped them to learn about cultivation. We helped Columbus fight scurvy that they had on his ship. We taught them our ways and we made an original agreement with them, and we said we will share the resources, the wealth and abundance of this land side by side equally. We will not interfere in your business or in your governance or your people, nor will you ours. And immediately the, the um, Europeans wanted to refer He referred to as the father and the indigenous people as the son, and they said, no, we'll be brothers. And every treaty that was ever written
0: by the United States government has been broken. From the Revolutionary War to the aftermath of the Civil War, some 370 treaties were made between the United States and Native Americans. the Dawes Act of 1887, also known as the General Allotment Act, the federal government forcibly converted tribal lands into small parcels for individual ownership, usually without compensation to the tribes. As a result, nearly two-thirds of reservation lands were taken from tribes and given to settlers. Between 1887 and 1934, 90 million acres were taken by the U.S. government. 56 million acres are still held in trust by the government for various tribes. In the 1940s and 50s, a time dubbed the termination era, huge amounts of reservation land were lost. The Mohawk Council of Akwesasne has about 12,000 acres, roughly 300 of which belong to Wakatigewaga. What Gilagatste says her community of about 12,000 people is struggling. Our kids are on drugs.
1: I'm not going to say all of them, but it's prevalent here. You know, a lot of our men are incarcerated. And because we want to create an economy, we're criminalized for selling the very thing that we introduce to the world, which is tobacco. And the, you know, the government takes issue with our medicines and deems it as hallucinogenics and criminalizes us. And whenever we try and protest to protect our waters, to protect our lands, to protect our children, we're
0: the the antagonist, you know, we're we're the bad people. She says the United States has cultivated racism against indigenous people. What Gutste says indigenous youth are struggling with addiction because they are taught by society to hate themselves and their heritage. When you go
1: to school and you're taught statistics and they tell you that your people are the pond scum of society and you have the highest statistics in diabetes, incarceration, heart attack, fatality, you know, that you're just the worst of the worst. How would that make you feel? And so then our, our, our youth have to struggle, first of all, going into a world that doesn't recognize them and going into the world that they don't know and then to be told that you're the worst you have the highest r- worst rates of all the social
0: ills you know how do you recover from that she says she remembers how that feeling of self-loathing started with her the movies yeah.
1: i remember when we first got a TV and all we could watch was one station, and they played these westerns every every weekend. And it was about John Wayne being the hero. And I, I remember sitting there one time and rooting on John Wayne and saying, Kill those Indians, those bad Indians. And I was about six years old. And my mother had to break the news to me that I was an Indian. And I was devastated, and I cried. I said, I don't want to be an Indian, and I don't want to be a bad person, you know? So that was the, that's the depth of the brainwash that music and, and movies have. I had to work really hard for a very long time to accept that I am an Indian and that John Wayne is not the hero.
0: What Gelagatste says to combat the cycle of addiction and incarceration, she has implemented a yearly youth retreat. We did something here 18
1: years ago in our community, and through the prayers and the hearts of our mothers, we reconstructed reconstructed, an ancient ceremony Mm -hmm. called Ohologo, which is our puberty rite for our adolescents. So we understand that adolescence is a very turbulent time in this stage of human development so when we can grab our youth before they make these hard decisions that change, can affect their entire lives we give them better information we give we equip them with truth and understanding but most of all our love and our acceptance we started to return our young people to the land and we would put them in like 16 to 20 weeks of um, teachings talking about our ceremonies, our language, our medicines and then we would put them in a guided state of deprivation which would mean no water, no food for an integrated number of nights um, sitting upon our Mother Earth to be with themselves and to begin to understand why they were born into this world and what their purpose is.
0: She says since the program started, they've started to see a drop in the juvenile crime statistics. The next retreat is this fall, and through word of mouth, the program is spreading across the country to other tribal nations. A young girl would go through the ceremony and she would tell her friends. And then her friends would want to come,
1: and then they'd see it, and they I want to do that, you know. And then the little girls would see their older sisters doing it and say, oh, when I get to be that age, I'm going to do that, you know.
0: What Gaila Gutste says, white people ask her about reparations a lot. They feel guilty, she says, and powerless to make it better. She has some ideas. Bring the truth into your educational institutions create curriculum around
1: it. Canada's finally making the the step toward it. They're writing nursery books about residential schools and and it's the universities are mandated by the government now to have inclusion of indigenous people and now they're doing land acknowledgments. They're small steps. But the only way that you're going to truly write the rounds of yesterday, is to tell the truth from the eyes and the voice of the indigenous people that suffered it. History was lived by two different races, well, several different races, but only told from one point of view, and it's the white view. And how unfortunate it is for mankind to have only one perspective kind of dumbs everybody down,
0: I think, if you only have one perspective. She says another great place to start? Return all the stolen artifacts. The National Museum of the American Indian in Washington has one of the most extensive collections of Native American artifacts in the world, 825,000 items. The issue is highly contested. Museums argue for preservation and education, while indigenous people contend since most of the remains and artifacts were taken forcibly as spoils of war, museum possession of them condones colonialism, dehumanization, and racism against Native American people. Gala Gutste tells me that despite the betrayals of white people against her people, she still has hope for the future. She believes all races can help each other to save the planet and create a more peaceful world.
1: We can live in harmony, we can live in beauty, we can live in understanding and celebration of one another's differences, but yet we choose to place judgment.
0: She says the epidemic of disappearing indigenous women challenges her hope daily. In 2018, the Seattle-based Urban Indian Health Institute found that there were over 5,700 missing Alaska Native and American Indian women and girls, and only 116 were registered in the Department of Justice database. Using data from 71 cities, the report showed thousands of missing Indigenous women are being ignored. 280 were murder cases. Jurisdictional issues between state, local, and tribal law enforcement make it nearly impossible to investigate, so the women fall through the cracks. Given the worse health outcomes and missing women, what LaGutste says it feels like the United States does not care if indigenous people live or die. She sees no campaign to reverse the inherent racism in the country, further leading to more of her young native people dying. According to the CDC, Suicide is the third leading cause of death among 20 to 44-year-old American Indian and Alaska Native women, nearly 10%.
1: We carry the wisdom of our ancestors and we take seriously our position in the world because we speak a different language and we're, we're very unique to the relationship that we have to this entire hemisphere. And um, it's unfortunate that the world don't see that. It's been cheated. You've been cheated of the beautiful culture that we have.
0: What Gaila Gutste says the one thing she really wants the world to know, indigenous people are not extinct. Her people are not extinct. We need to be stop being referred to as something of the past we're
1: alive and well we're still recovering but we're well on our way
0: Before I leave her yurt on the rolling acres of green fields, Mama Bear asks me where my people are from. She tells me, don't say the United States. So I answered, Dublin. She says we are all originally from somewhere, and we will forever be tied to that land. And I loved that she said that because even though I've never been to Ireland, I do feel called to go there. When I hear Celtic music, I feel home. And then, as I'm walking to my car, I wonder what it would feel like to have my home stolen, parceled, sold, and then polluted. I wonder what kind of reparations or apologies would satisfy me. I wonder if I would welcome them into my yurt for an interview. Thanks for joining us for this week's 51%. Thanks to our story editor, Ian Pickus. Thanks to Tina Rennick for production assistance. Our executive producer is Dr. Alan Chartok. Thanks to the Aquasosni women singers for contributing their songs to this piece. You can follow their channel on YouTube. Thanks to Deo Swate's cover of Bear Fox Sky World, which was also used in this piece. Our theme music is Lolita by Albany-based artist Girl Blue. is a national production of Northeast Public Radio. If you'd like to hear this episode again or share it with your friends, sign up for our podcast or visit wamc.org. And don't forget, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at 51% Radio. Join us next week for a special graduation episode where we will meet a 78-year-old woman in Alabama who walked across the stage to receive her diploma this year. And we'll follow someone else's non-traditional commencement journey, mine. I'm your host, Jackie Orchard. Until next week, remember, the future is fearless.